Hello, good evening and welcome to Saturday Sport Classified. What a lot of sport we've not had today. But we have had some. We'll be going through what scores we have in a moment. Obviously, as you are more than well aware, no doubt, no FC Isle of Man game tonight. The Berry team just can't get here. We'll also as well be uh, hearing from uh, Matthew Rennie as he prepares for his fight at Grand Central Hall in Liverpool later. And also Ben Constable, the co-owner of Daffabet Racing. We'll be hearing from him later in the show. Looking ahead to what should be an exciting year of motorcycle road racing. course be hearing from Dave Christian we did have some rugby today and Tony Mepburn will be here and Rob Pritchard will be chatting all uh, items or manner of sport I should say or items relating to sport here in the Isle of Man but first of all a look at the results from today's Canada Life Men's Premier League starting with Air United 2, Laxey 1, Peel 4, Moran 0 St Mary's 3, Braddon 2. And the games uh, between Russian and Union Mills, St John's and Ramsey and Corinthians and St George's were postponed. All the games in DPS Limited Division 2 were postponed, apart from the match between Ramsey Youth Centre Old Boys and Douglaston District. However, that was abandoned at the time the score was 2-0 to Douglaston District. Into Canada Life, Combination 1. Again, all the games were postponed apart from Laxey against Air, and that too, unfortunately, although they did kick off, that was also abandoned. And in DPS Limited, Combination 2, all games postponed. Rugby, the game in the Regional 2 Northwest between Douglas and Birkenhead Park was also postponed. In Counties 4, ADM Lancashire Cheshire. Vagabonds 17, Blackpool 5. In the women's NC1 Northwest, Liverpool St. Helens 98, Vagabonds Lady 0. In the Manx Shield, Ramsey 41, Western Vikings 5. Ramsey and Southern Nomads postponed, and Western Vikings and Southern Nomads postponed as well. So, we will talk uh, football first of all, I think, with. Um, Tony Mepham. So, uh, Tony, um, only three games to talk about, but um, we will talk about more than just those three games later in the show, so make sure you do stick around. I'm sure we'll try and find some way of keeping everyone entertained. But um, I think uh, the, the big one, the big game, really, well, th all three, really, in a, in a way, were big games exactly. in Canada Life Men's Premier League. It's hard to pick one out. I'm going to start alphabetically then. With Air United beating Laxey 2-1. Laxey, we know, are a good side. But uh, Air United, did they struggle to overcome 
their opponents today, or was it uh, you know was it not as close as the scoreline reflects? I think um, by the sound of it, Laxey should have had it. Uh, Cameron Avery, it was who got uh, the goal, I think, in the first half, and you know looking uh, comfortable for uh, Laxey. But uh, Air United, they're going for the championship, and they wanted uh, to get themselves back into the game. And it was uh, player manager uh, Nick Hurt. I don't know if he was on the bench and uh, came off, but he got uh, the equaliser. And then uh, Declan Cummins, who's having a great season, uh, got the second one for Air. But uh, reports are that the pitch uh, caught up a little bit, but not as bad as uh, expected. But um, news in from uh, one or two who were there watching the game said that uh, Laxey have let this one slip because it should have been Laxey who had taken the three points. But it's Air that have got it and keeps them in touch with Peel. And they need to keep in touch with Peel because they uh, won, not unsurprisingly, 4-0 at home to Strugglers Moran. Yeah, and no, I just thought it might be a little bit uh, tighter, this one, but it just shows you the current form that Peel are in at the moment and, and certainly a performance uh, again today by Lee Gale. Uh, he was uh, tremendous and uh, two of the goals holders nerve uh, from the uh, penalty spot. Thomas Brown uh, got the other one and um, Lee will be well and truly uh, happy with that one. And uh, Moran let one slip because uh, against the top sides in recent times, in the last uh, few weeks, they've done quite well. But uh, today it was a real struggle against Peel. And St Mary's with mm-hmm. that 3-2 win over Braddon, who I don't know how push how close they pushed St Mary's, but St Mary's now go third in the Canada Life Premier League table. Um, but 3-2, you wouldn't have predicted a close scoreline like that earlier today. No, you wouldn't. It was uh, <coughs> Braddon who took the lead uh, very early on. Nick Harvey got uh, the goal. Joe Burquist uh, got one. Uh, Adam Adibai. Uh, Therese Thompson, it was, who uh, got the winner. He got the third. Uh, but uh, Matthew Ogden uh, pulled one back for Braddon to make it uh, 2-2. So, you know, it was pretty fair, to be honest with you. I think uh, St Mary's uh, will look at it, that uh, the chances that they had, <coughs> they didn't uh, finish them off. But uh, Braddon kept uh, chipping away, and I thought they were going to get something uh, out of it, but uh, it didn't work for them. And I just wonder all this interchanging that St Mary's do, <coughs> excuse me, ex- you know, upsets the flow. I just don't know, uh, because uh, they keep, it's rolling subs, they keep bringing them on and off, and it's to most of the forward players. Uh, and today it just didn't so, sort of go for them. But they got the three points. That's the important thing. And Braddon's so, so close. To even if they'd only got one, it would have been a bonus point to uh, take them away from that uh, danger zone at the bottom of the table. Well, my next question to you was, Tony, I mean, you were saying that... I was, before you said that, I was going to say St Mary's, even though we were pushed close today by Braddon, they're in a rich vein of form. And what's that down to? But um, yeah, as I say, they maybe took their foot off the pedal a bit today. Yeah, probably did. And uh, one or two players, I wouldn't say, uh, didn't deserve to be in there. They, they've been substitutes and, and come in. And, Is that um, because Braddon, you know, it's Braddon? And it's not Peel or Air United they were playing against, against yeah, today? Yeah, might have done. You know, Owen Canopy was a big loss for them today. I don't know if Owen's uh, struggling with an injury or what. But, um, you know, just uh, St Mary's today, uh, the weather wasn't nice, that's for a start. But uh, 10 out of 10 for Braddon. They kept going. And even in the last five minutes, I know Paul Moran, who was covering the game, he says, I want to stay with this one because... Uh, it it sounds yeah. as if they could get back into yeah. it, and they nearly did. It was Nick Harvey had a golden opportunity in the last two or three minutes, and he just put it wide of uh, the goalkeeper. But to me, man of the match, and um, there's no doubt about it. To me, you know, the star player uh, was uh, Harry Callan, the goalkeeper for uh, Brad, and I thought he did really well. Forget about the second goal for St Mary's. He'll he'll look at that one and think, you know, I've got things to learn there. But no doubt about it, he pulled up some superb saves in that second 45. As a player with Corinthians, you were involved in some relegation battles. Yeah, plenty. <laughs> um, is it, does it make it worse when you 
come that close to getting a result against the top team, especially when, like Braddon, you know, they're only a point off relegation that you're scrapping for points. Does it make it worse losing 3-2 or is it better just to get drubbed 5-0? Yeah, you look <laughs> at the chances that you missed and Nick's uh, chance at the end, he'll be looking at that one. But also, it puts you in a good place, I think, for the next game Okay, because it's easy for manager Will Smith now to say to the players, listen, You've competed with one of the best teams on the island here today. You can do this. You can get away from that relegation zone. And that's what he's got to work on. But the young players improve all the time. And I just thought today, um, the way they closed St Mary's down, that was something that obviously Will had told them to do. And it just stopped uh, St Mary's from sort of playing. But, you know, St Mary's are a good team and they've got the three points out of a tricky game. OK, we're going to look more at Canada Life Premier mm-hmm. League shortly. But first of all, I want to bring Rob Pritchard in. Good evening, Rob. Um, you were due to be at the bowl right now, uh, you know, stuffing your face with a pie and a coffee or whatever, <laughs> getting ready for tonight's game. But uh, unfortunately, it's been uh, postponed. There was talk maybe of it being rearranged tomorrow morning. Have you got any latest updates for us? We have indeed. Uh, in the last few minutes, an update has been issued by FC Man on the situation. Just to uh, provide a little bit of background for those who've missed it earlier today, there was uh, talks having to be held after the uh, uh, tr- travel disruption to the uh, Berry team and some of its supporters this morning uh, on the flights they were due to bring over. Now, talks have been ongoing throughout today to potentially put the game on tomorrow morning. Uh, an 11am starting time had been uh, touted by some Berry Football Club and also mentioned in a statement that that was being looked at. We have since had an update from FC Isle of Man on the situation and I'll read it out now. It is as follows. This from FC Isle of Man. Unfortunately, after a lot of hard work from all at FC Isle of Man and Logan Air in an effort to get the game played tomorrow, whilst Berry fans still on Ireland, we regret to announce that as things stand, the game won't be played this weekend. At 3.39pm, FC Isle of Man confirmed to Bury FC officials that Loganair had secured a place on this evening's Loganair 6.20pm flight from Manchester to the Isle of Man for all 22 of the Bury FC official travelling party. However, we are sadly informed that the players had left the airport at 3.30pm and the opposition club aren't making any attempt to get the players back. We can only hope that there is a reconsideration of this decision and they return to the airport for the flight so that the game can be played tomorrow. So as it stands FC Isle of Man says the game won't be played this weekend but there is a hope that um, those who were at the other end in the Bury FC party may be able to reconsider and get themselves back to Manchester Airport this evening to potentially fly over this evening looking at a potential fixture tomorrow morning but uh, as it stands it looks like that game is not going to be going ahead. That is FC Isle of Man's side of things and we're awaiting an update from uh, Bury Football Club as well on the situation. If we do get that then we will let you know. Wow, Tony Mepham. It's so sad, isn't it? Because it's all sort of set up. And uh, I spoke to a few Berry fans down at the bowl who uh, wandered down and watched a game of football, enjoyed it, and then they went for a beer afterwards. And they came last season. So they, they've they come back because they enjoyed it so much. And so many people are coming over. And unfortunately, the weather has just uh, not played ball at all, has it? And I feel so sorry for FC Isle of Man because they've worked tirelessly throughout this afternoon and keeping us posted what was going on. People have moved things around to get them to get the game on and as Rob has just indicated hopefully that uh, there's still a maybe a little bit of a chance but to me you know to walk away like they have done well, they must have made that decision it's a long long time stuck at an airport it is but also again we can bring Rob in on this as well perhaps but um I think it's the uniqueness of FC Isle of Man the fact that those Berry players would be used to playing on a Saturday and going home no matter where they are but obviously the Isle of Man it's a different kettle of fish and there may be 
Because I say they're not full-time professionals. There may be other work commitments they may have for a Sunday, etc. So all these things have to come into consideration. You know, if you're a player and go, well, I've got so-and-so's christening tomorrow morning or I've got work at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, you know, yeah. I, 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 there's no point me hanging around because I can't go. There's a lot of factors to be considered in this and uh, by the sounds of it, the last few hours there's been a lot of hard work behind the scenes to try and do whatever they can to to, to get this particular fixture on and uh, Dave, you've mentioned it there and I think that is definitely a consideration. There will be those who may have uh, commitments on a Sunday and going into early next week and if they do have that then the idea of potentially hosting a game on a Sunday might just not be possible for them and uh, the, the way that the statement has been worded, FCL, and the way that I'm reading this personally is that there is uh, maybe some slim hope that uh, there may be some reconsideration at the other and like I say this is FC Alaban's perspective we haven't heard Barry Football Club's perspective uh, you would imagine they will deliver their own update in due course but when you're talking about uh, playing as an island side the debate has gone on I suppose uh, not just since FC Alaban were formed a couple of seasons ago but uh, in times gone by as well there are pros and cons uh, for the Berry supporters, obviously this is an occasion that they all look forward to coming over this season and indeed when they did last season when they brought over fantastic numbers, brought mm. over fantastic numbers again. One of the pros of it is it is a different spectacle altogether when your team travels to the Isle of Man but in this situation it appears to be that the, these are the challenges of it as well and uh, w- with the weather it is in no one's control. Um, how this develops remains to be seen. Yeah, and also the question of not being able to fulfil the fixture, that that doesn't come into this at all because, again, you know, regardless of the fact that, you know, you're trying to rearrange for tomorrow, you know, and if they can rearrange for tomorrow and then Berry say, oh, we're not coming, you know, that, that that's not a consideration at all, is it? No, I don't wish to speculate no. too much on what this will involve, whether Berry do make it over or whether they don't. I don't think it'd be right to. It, but it, to what I'm saying is, but, it yeah, be. but in terms of a, you know fulfilling a, a fixture, you know it, it, that doesn't come into it. I would imagine you it, know it is a very different set of circumstances yeah. to if, if exactly. they were playing over in the UK. You've only got to look out that window, Dave. I would think if they got the six o'clock flight anyway, they'd have trouble to land uh, because uh, it hasn't really changed all day. But flights have been coming in and out. You yeah. know that has, and, I, and we don't know what the situation is at Manchester as well, do we? You know, is there a, is there a weather situation at Manchester as well? Do we know? So, you know, as I say, we can speculate. And speculate yeah, you got to think but... of the officials as well because the three officials were being flown in, um, so their flight yeah. was cancelled, and then if they're not available, but. You know, the uh, Isle of Man uh, Referee Society have got officials there quite capable of doing that. But this is an important game Mm -hmm. for both teams Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, when you look at it, um, you know, FC Isle of Man are second or third in in the attendance crowds Mm -hmm. in that league. Uh, Berry are going for uh, promotion. FC Isle of Man are are hoping to still have a chance of uh, getting into the playoffs. So it's a huge, huge game. And you know, you know, it is what it is. The yeah, weather, they okay. were there. They were happy to get in here. I believe the the flight came over, circled around and couldn't land. That's what I've been told. Okay. And then it's gone back. So, you know, they've tried everything and it's just the weather conditions. But in the past, Rob, I mean, as someone who lives and breathes FC Isle of Man, <laughs> <laughs> um, when matches have been postponed, you know, they've just been postponed, I think, in the past. Is that right? They have indeed. This is the first time I know particularly that uh, an FC Isle of Man home game, is, uh, the suggestion at least, has been to mm. push it back a day. There have been a couple of situations over the last couple of seasons where teams coming over, their flights may have been disrupted from wherever it was. And what they've done is they've pushed back the kickoff time. So it had it been at six or, of course, in the first season, six, 
6.30, they could have pushed it back to, say, 8pm or 8.30pm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a situation uh, during last season, I think, when Litherland came over and the uh, the kickoff time had actually been brought forward uh, due to the World Cup being gone. <laughs> and um, Litherland had had a little bit of delay to their flight, but they managed to have conversations with FC Alaman saying, um, we don't feel that we will need this mandatory 90 minutes from getting to the ground to get prepared. That is a standard thing that the league does mm-hmm. to allow travelling teams to prepare. Litherland were in a point were at a point then that said we don't quite need the 90 minutes let's get the game on and the game did indeed go ahead but this is the first time that I've known that an FC Isle of Man home game the suggestion has been to move it to the following day but these are the circumstances that the likes of FC Isle of Man Berry, Logan Air and all the supporters are just having to deal with right now Right Both Tony and Rob stick around there's plenty more that we have to talk about but I think um, it's only fair to bring Dave Christian into the show today because uh, the rugby situation, we did have some postponements, but we did get some action in the uh, Ireland's rugby fixtures today. So hopefully we can say good evening, Dave Christian, and uh, he can tell us exactly what went on. Yeah, good evening, Dave. Uh, I can give you just a a slight different perspective on the flight thing as well. Um, We've been, Ireland Man Rugby Clubs have been playing in the English Clubs Championship for uh, quite a long time now. And uh, flight disruption is is not common, but when it happens, it's very difficult. And uh, as the travel organiser with Ramsey, the most difficult task I ever have with a postponed match is trying to get the players to stay at the airport. (laughs) As soon as the plane gets delayed, the only thing the guys want to do is go home. And uh, it's a natural reaction, and uh, I can understand... Uh, particularly for uh, for Barry, if they've been uh, stuck at Manchester Airport since quite early this morning, uh, the guys will be fed up of waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, when we've got a postponed flight, my phone just starts ringing and it, all the messages start pinging in. And it's almost like every player in the squad is saying, what's the news? What time can we go? Can we leave? Do we have to hang around? And you have to keep telling them, no, just hang in there, guys. Just hang in there. But sooner or later, somebody has to... Uh, has to make a call and you make the call everybody disappears and then uh, if it's suddenly back on again five minutes later it's very very awkward and it was awkward today in rugby as well uh, Douglas's game was disrupted not for the first time this season there uh, they had a postponed match just before Christmas uh, that was due to a waterlogged pitch uh, today it was Manannan's cloak come down and uh, Birkenhead Park unable to make the trip it hasn't affected Douglas's league position. There's nobody who managed to overhaul them that played today. They remain in eighth place in Regional 2 Northwest. They've got two games in hand on most teams, and uh, a couple of wins in those could see them up as high as fifth. So uh, fingers crossed for Douglas. Uh, they have, I think, Bowden next week, and uh, hopefully we can get that game underway. Uh, I was at Bella Fletcher for Vagabonds against Blackpool in uh, counties for ADM Lancashire and Cheshire. Uh, weather conditions were less than ideal, is probably the best way to describe it. Uh, my trousers were, or the bottom end of my trouser legs were that wet. The water was running down my legs into my boots. I think the left boot, I had to empty water out of it when I got home. Uh, so it, it was a little bit unpleasant up there, but Vagabonds put in a gritty performance. They won 17-8 in the end. I think I'd originally flagged that as 17-5. There was an additional penalty in there for uh, Blackpool. Um, Vagas took the lead early on. Archie Benson crashed over for a try. That was converted by Cam Finley for a 7-0 lead. 
But in the first half, Blackpool had the wind at their backs. They used it intelligently, uh, kicked over the top and made uh, Vagabonds turn and run back towards their own defensive line. In the end, that yielded a try for them. Uh, high kick, Vagabonds wing Cal Murray was unable to take the catch cleanly. He knocked the ball onto the ground and Darren Howard was the fullback for Blackpool. Uh, he was chasing the kick and he just managed to get his foot onto the loose ball Hoofer over the try line and then he won the foot race to the loose ball. Uh, Darren Howe then also kicked a penalty for Blackpool just before half time, which saw them uh, turn around uh, eight seven in front. Uh, early in the second half, though, it was a more or less a repeat performance of the defensive fumble and the loose ball, but this time it was in Vagabond's favour. The Blackpool defence at sixes and sevens, the balls uh, bouncing around like a pinball it was. It was ricocheting off several players before Ross Pullman got his hands on it for Vagabond's. He got the touchdown and uh, that to give them a try. Cam Finley converted and they were 14-8 in front. And then with about 10 minutes to go, just as the heavens were opening, um, Cam Finley kicked a penalty, which steadied the nerves and uh, made sure Vagabonds take the win. Um, it doesn't improve their league position. Cole and Nelson were ahead of them. Uh, Cole and Nelson won today. It was a walkover, so they get the full five points for that. And uh, Vagabonds only picked up four points today because they didn't score four or more tries. So uh, Colin Nelson just stretching that lead now. Uh, nine points it is. Vagas have just three games left and uh, they need to win all three and looking for slip-ups in and above them. And those teams above them, Colin Nelson, Ashton underline. Vagabonds have to play both of them and they have to play each other. So there's a little bit of uh, light at the end of the tunnel potentially for Vagabonds, depending on how those results go. But uh, congratulations today, good solid win. Um, for Vagabonds ladies, not so good. Uh, they were travelling away to league leaders, um, Liverpool St Helens. And Liverpool St Helens only conceded 10 points in seven matches, uh, which was a pretty remarkable defensive record. Uh, today didn't start well for Vagabonds. Uh, circumstances beyond their control saw them travel away short-handed uh, they only had 12 fit players and uh, unfortunately with 12 fit players when you come up against the unbeaten league leaders uh, there's only one way it's going to go and uh, Liverpool St Helens won that one 98-0 Vagabonds finished with only 11 on the pitch as well uh, Bliss Murta had to uh, leave the field due to injury and uh, like I said, unbeaten league leaders only only conceded 10 points in seven matches and you're playing them with 11 players. I don't think it's going to work out for you. So unlucky for Vagabonds ladies, they stuck in it and uh, kept running until the very end. But uh, with like I said, 11 against 15 and uh, a form team as well, it's always going to be awkward. And finally, we were due to have a three-way uh, fixture exchange at the Murak Park. Uh, Ramsey, Southern Omens and Western Vikings were all going to play each other. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it was arranged a little bit on the hoof earlier in the week. Southern Nomads, already assuming that they had a free week, uh, couldn't get a team to come up to it. So uh, the fixture reverted to the scheduled one, which was Ramsey against Western Vikings. Ramsey won that one 41 points to five. Uh, Brandon Atchison, as you would expect for Ramsey, he's the leading try scorer and point scorer. He picked up yet another hat-trick this afternoon. Nathan Robson weighed in with two tries, and there were also tries from Jack Roberts and Jay Jake Richmond and three conversions for Atchison to leave him with 21 points for the afternoon. Manx Radio Sport.
Thanks to Dave Christian uh, with an update on the rugby scores. Uh, still have Tony Mepham and Rob Pritchard here. We'll still be hearing from Matthew Rennie and also Ben Constable. And Rob will also be speaking to Ben Cunningham about uh, hockey fixtures. Um, we've had no further updates on the FC Island man situation. Nope. So, uh, OK, what I would like to talk about with you guys is we have um, the Candlelight Premier League at the moment. We have a th- two-way battle for the title. And we have a three-way fight, I would suggest, for the drop-down into... You'd think St. George's with enough games in hands to pull themselves away, even though they're just five points off the bottom. But um, in terms of the fixtures that are remaining, uh, now I have the luxury of having them here. You don't. (laughs) 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 But uh, obviously the big game next week, Peel against Air United. Um, Now, Peel have lost just two games this season. Air United have lost just one. So really the onus is on Peel to win that. I think so, because, um, you know, Peel at the moment uh, have been absolutely flying eight goals last week, uh, four goals this week. And uh, right the way through, the the team just seemed to have stepped up. They've got one or two injuries coming back. Reese Oates has come back into the team and done really well. And, um, you know, people returning from holidays as well. So, um, you know, it's all for Peel. It's at Peel, so it's always a great atmosphere there. But uh, Air United, I think uh, today was a big game for them in that second half because they've dug deep, Dave. And got the results and, um, you know, the pitch, okay, probably didn't qualify for good football, uh, but they got themselves out of jail and they've got the three points. So, you know, they showed their credentials, I think, today, but um, Rob might have some other views. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll interrupt you, Rob. The thing is, if they do go, if Peel do win next week against Air United, it swings Peel's way. Do you know why? Because they have a goal difference that is 18 yeah. better than Air United. Rob. It starts to come into play in the latter stages of any league season. It almost acts like an extra point mm-hmm. at that point. And Air United, as it stands, still do have two games in hand, and that's a big thing to have. But goal difference does start to come into play when you get into the latter stages. And I will also point out, because Air United have nine games left, um, and Peel have seven games to go, Air United, of those nine games, six are away from home. Does that is that a factor? Or is it, at the end of the day, 11 against 11? Put it this way, when Air won the league, um, it was a debate that went on for ages that um, Rick Holden, Nick Hart, clever guys that they are, football Mm -hmm. guys, um, the pitch was smaller in width and in length, and it went their way. Now, it's still similar conditions now, but then when you look at it, um, you know, Air United, seeing them at the bowl this year against uh, St Mary's, I don't think it bothers them. There's different personnel there now. And uh, they've got different techniques. The long throw is certainly something that puts you under pressure. But uh, they've got two who can do that, Christian Penswick and, um, you know, Sean Kelly. So uh, I don't think it really matters. But today was a must for them to play. I just think they want to keep the ball rolling. Daniel Bell is exactly the same at Peel. When there's blank weeks coming up, they're on the phone saying, have we got rearranged fixtures coming up, whatever. They just want to keep the flow. And I would say Daniel Bell at the moment as managers go, would be the happier than Nick Hurt because his team is flying and what a cracking game that's going to be next Saturday. OK, right, boys. So in terms of A United's away fixtures, where are the, potent- the potential banana skins? Obviously Peel next week, but they've also they've got to go to Braddon. Should win? Yep. Corinthians. Well, Corinthians beat them at Andrus only a couple of weeks ago, so Corinthians have shown they've got the, the capability to give them a challenge. Yep. And Moran, away at Moran, so they should win that. Ramsey away. Big Northern Derby. It is a big Northern Derby. And I think um, certainly with Ramsey, OK, their results have dipped a little bit. But I still look at Air United when it comes to it. 
they're able to step up and get a really good uh, performance going. And they've got some players uh, coming back in as well. I believe Matthew Skillicorn's back in in training, which is uh, brilliant. You know, Nathan Tia was superb in, in goal today. And, and just right the way across the board, they're staying injury-free. As well with Peel, I just think Peel have probably got a better 15, better 16 than Air United have. I think you look at Air United's result, particularly today as well, coming up against Laxey at home, and Tony, we spoke about it on Friday Sport, is this the proverbial banana skin? And we weren't quite sure, you weren't quite no. sure about it, but Laxey went and took the lead there, and Air United scoring twice in the last 20 minutes there. That shows a grittiness that the likes of, say, Peel showed towards uh, last or during, I should say, last season when they went on to win the title. So they're finding results, even if games aren't going their way. And against a side like Laxey, uh, with the firepower that uh, a lot of people know they have as well, it's that that shows a determination there that could prove important going into a that game against Peel, uh, that really big game coming up against Peel, and also the rest of those away games. And the other away fixture they got is at St John's United, which can be tricky. St. John's could be awkward, but um, I don't think St. John's are as strong as they were at the start of the season. They've had a few injuries in there, but there's uh, one or two players in there performing really well. And with Callum Taggart returned from his uh, break and uh, you've got Dean Lees, who's not in the FC Alaman equation at the moment, they could cause a problem. But what you've got to remember, take St. John's away from it, Moran and Braddon. Uh, Geordies you've got to look at as well. Those t- three teams there need every single point they can get. We'll come to those guys in a moment. So yep. they're the ones so, that yep. also are going to make it difficult for the top teams. Because we've just spoken about air. Peel have got to go to Laxey, yep. Union Mills, St. George's and St. Mary's. That's a big go on, Rob, you can go first. Peel, <laughs> it's the last one you mentioned yeah, there. That's that why uh, I left it till last. St. Mary's have had some very good results recently. They've been there or thereabouts in the top three or four sides as it stands at the moment. So that and Dave, am I right in saying that that is their last game of could the season be. as it stands? It could be. It could be. There's quite a few postponed ones to fit in. So yeah. and again, the, and the midweek fixtures. Uh, when the summer that, ones, Tony. That's where it comes a lottery because those uh, Wednesday night fixtures can be uh, cruel and they're building up now. And uh, when you look at it, um, you know, we're cramming the fixtures in now to uh, get the cup final for Easter Saturday. And then uh, we'll probably leave it a week or so and then we'll be right into the night games. But Laxey against St Mary's, Laxey are right in there. And, you know, I've been saying for the last few weeks now that Laxey will have a say where this league will go. And today they nearly had a say, yeah. because it was uh, so. Peel will have to be at their best so they go, when they go to Laxey and they go to Glen Road. They certainly will, and um, you know Peel have got uh, one or two players coming back, and um, it's making them stronger all the time. But you know Dan Bell's done a, a really good job there with a lot of good young players and got the best out of them. A United have only three remaining fixtures at home mm-hmm. against uh, Russian United, uh, St George's, and St Mary's. Mm-hmm. So again, they've got St George's and St Mary's as well, but this time at home, which you'd expect again, you'd expect Air United would pick up the points. Yeah, I watched uh, St Mary's last season at uh, Air United. They played really well in the first half, but in the second half, uh, Air got it together. But that's you know different days, different squads. Uh, but uh, St Mary's, to d- well the way they've been going, those two games against mm-hmm. Laxey, the six two six three, whatever it was, and uh, the two one good performances. But today they didn't perform. Um, you know, okay, mm-hmm. one or two players sort of missing, yep. but um, okay. y- you know they've got to, uh, you know, just keep going. But Peel have got, uh, and they're formidable on their own ground. They've still got uh, games. Obviously, the Air United game next week. They've got Braddon at home, which you would expect them to take the points. Ramsey at home, 
you, again, you'd expect them maybe. Uh, and that's it, actually. That's Peel have just got those two fixtures left, uh, three fixtures yeah. left at home. It's a shame we couldn't ask these questions, actually, after next week's game. Cause well, we... yeah, you know, but <laughs> maybe, well, we can, to, you know, there's yeah. nothing to stop us doing that. But at the moment, as I say, it, it kind of, again, puts the emphasis on how important next week's game is. Well, it is, and um, you know, it's just uh, it's come up uh, very early in the uh, rearranged fixtures. Is just the way it works out, and uh, you know, Peel have uh, got the bit between the teeth, and uh, just right the way across the board, there's people competing for their positions, which is keeping it nice and fresh. As where A United's team, apart from maybe one or two, you can pretty well pick it if they're fit, and you know, with Sean Kelly, Danny Oram up there, uh, you know, they didn't score on the day, and it was left to the um, the, the main man, if you like, the manager, Nick Hurt, to uh, start it all going. It puts confidence in the team. And uh, Dick Ellen Cummins, who's had a really good season this year, has uh, got the uh, winner on that one. But, you know, when I saw it, I thought, you know, this is a vantage peel here, there. And suddenly it was 1 1, and then it was 2 uh, 1. Okay. It's, uh, again, a fascinating uh, run in for the Canada Life Premier League title. But who will be playing in the Canada Life Premier League next season? Braddon have got seven games left, Tony. Union Mills have got nine games in which to save themselves. Moran have got eight games in which to save themselves. Braddon are on nine points. Mills are on eight. And Moran are on eight as well. So uh, Braddon have got Air United at home. Corinthians at home. I'm doing their home fixtures right now. Russian United at home. There's a, there's, those are Braddon's three tough home fixtures there. Yeah, they really are tough fixtures. And, and I think um, certainly today, uh, Braddon has showed different mentality uh, they weren't scared of uh, St Mary's they worked them down as much as they could uh, and just uh, you know put loads of effort in so they can be pleased with that uh, performance but you know with Braddon okay if they did get relegated would it affect them I, I think the players are strong enough to stay together mm. and I've said it for the last year two years there's a lot of good young players who have come through in there who are getting better at each game you can see that and you know Union Mills and Moran they've got the experienced players in there but at the moment are right in that problem zone where you don't want to be but St George's is, is the big worry for me yeah well in what way I just think that um, yes they've got good players in there but they haven't got a strong squad as in numbers and so I you think, think St George's are still in there? Oh, and absolutely. Even though five points above, because I would I would say that even Braddon might even struggle to get to thirteen points, considering the games that they've still got left. The, there is a massive game that I'll just talk about in a minute, but I mean, so we just spoke about Braddon's home games. They're away games. They've still got to go to Peel. Yep. They've got to go to Ramsey, and they've got to go to St John's. So you don't see many. You don't see many points there, you know. Give so I think St. George's may have saved themselves because the other game that I've not mentioned, it's huge. It's it's like Peel and Air. They've got to go to Moran yeah. for a rearranged fixture. Moran against Braddon. Huge. Yeah. But I keep, uh, you know, sticking my neck out with uh, Moran. I think every year they seem to find something uh, to uh, make them stay in that league. But, you know, at the moment they play 15. We'll look at the games that they play. Braddon have played 17 mm. now. Unimills 15. Uh, Moran 15. And you've got nine points for uh, uh, Brad, and you've yep. got eight for Union Mills, and eight and for Moran. Mm-hmm. I know the thirteen, but that can be pulled back very easy. And Braddon beats St George's; they scored six goals against mm-hmm. them. Um, so it shows that um, when St George's haven't got their uh, st- strongest team out that they've got registered, then they do find it uh, really hard. And you know, when uh, if you rattle through St George's, I'm going through them games, now. I'll tell you now that at home they have to play Laxey. Yeah, they've got Peel. <laughs> 
<laughs> They've also got St. John's, St. Mary's. They're their remaining home games away from uh, Glencrutchery Road. They have to go to uh, Laxey. Um, uh, no, sorry, uh, they don't have to go to Laxey. They have to go to Air United. They have to go to Corinthians. You're not again. You're not finding. Don't see many points, points there. No, you don't. Uh, Russian United. Uh, do they have to go? The, um, let me just check on that. Yeah, Russian. They have to go to, and also they're all away from home as well. St John's United, and a big one away at Union Mills. Yeah, and uh, that that's the one that they've got to look at. If they got the win in that one, that would sixteen. Sort of what what, what is them. what? What would you say is the points total to? to I used be to always safe? say fourteen. Okay. I used to always say fourteen, mm-hmm. but um, it's a little bit different now. But you know, there's much um, interest at the top as there is at the bottom. That mm-hmm. uh, middle part um, they can p- compete with. But once them night games come in, there's some bizarre scores that uh, you know move around because people yeah. can't make it, can't get to the grounds and stuff. So yeah. Moran have still got at home, they've still got to play Air United and that game against Braddon, Corinthians, Douglas Royal and Ramsey and Union Mills at home as well, which we mentioned. Uh, oh, no, I did not St. George's. So Moran have got Union Mills at home. So it is in Moran's hands, I would say, isn't it? Yeah, and also when I'm looking at that one, you've got Moran, Union Mills, I think you said, mm. Corinthians. Mm-hmm. They're all an opportunity for them because Moran always done well against Corinthians over the last sort of year or so. Uh, so, it, okay, it's I'm, so tough. Right, are so you ready? Tough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, land, gonna, I'm gonna land one on you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in terms of the rearranged fixtures, yeah. the games that have been postponed, how do you fit them in? And is there a temptation to go right? Okay, Moran against Braddon, that'll be the last game of the season. I'm glad you've asked that question because I had that this week. Um, the rearranged games are played in sequence as they've been postponed. So if you actually go on the postponed column of full-time, mm-hmm. you can You'll work out the fixtures. So they'll go in that order? Always go in that order. And the A United and uh, Peel one, uh, I was questioning on that one, why has it come up so soon? It's just the way it comes through. They're not cherry-picked. You know, I was asked, well, why don't you keep that to the end of the season? Well, that's not fair. Um, you just play mm-hmm. it as the dates come up and um, you go from there. There is sometimes you have to play with the fixtures a little bit because just say for talking sake um, Russian play Air United you can't ask Russian players really to travel up to Air United on a midweek game so sometimes you have to juggle that around because of the light but yeah it's played in sequence and also I didn't realise Union Mills and Moran actually haven't played each other this season I think their first right. game was postponed and the other game at uh, Mill at uh, Union Mills is a fixture that's scheduled to come up yeah. so um, so Six pointer, the you know that is a big six pointer. Well, it's it's huge, and everyone wants to stay in the Premier League. And um, again, on Tuesday night at uh, the council meeting was uh, not discussed, but a little brief uh, conversation about um, you know changing the leagues, and the way it is at the moment. There's a, a suggestion being put forward, and uh, there's a committee going to look at it, or two committees are going to mm-hmm. look at it together uh, at uh, the Alaman FA. But um, already league management are. In, I can um, speak honestly from it because the clubs have been informed mm. that the league management committee couldn't really see 100% that the change would improve participation. But okay. how would you judge that? Okay. You know, if we're going to change the league structure 
It has to be for the right purpose. Okay, we've still got uh, we're still going to hear from Matthew Rennie about tonight's big fight in Liverpool, and also uh, Ben Constable from Daffodil. We're going to wrap this up in a moment, yep. uh, and we'll briefly talk about the women as well uh, in a mo. But again, I'll just look at Union Mills home fixtures. Uh, as I said, they've got Laxey at home, Moran, which we've mentioned. They've got Peel at home, uh, St. George's at home, uh, again, which we mentioned before. And they've got St. Mary's at home. And how many fixtures the Mills have away? One, two, three, four. They've got four games away to play, I think, at Laxey, Moran. Uh, anyway, but again, you still think St. George's will get dragged in? It's yes, Brad- Braddon, you know, Braddon. I, I, could you see Braddon and St. George's both going down there? And Mills and Moran pulling themselves out of there? Possibly. Mm. It, it's such a tough question to ask, Dave, mm. but it, it's between those four. Uh, and at the moment, the better equipped uh, sort of side there, player-wise, I think is Moran. Yeah, and also, the, again, the fixtures, they've got Air at home, Braddon at home, Corinthians at home, Douglas Royal at home, uh, Ramsey at home, and as I mentioned, Union Mills at home as well, yeah. so... Yeah. yeah, it's going to be when they meet. You've got to get the points. But yeah. I keep saying about um, you know when the bottom teams play a team that they're not expected to win. If they can get something out of it, like today, even if it had been a point, you know if Bradner got something out of it, then it would have helped them mm-hmm. big time. But uh, it's still all to play for. But go with the performance today and uh, take a lot from it. And you'd agree, yes, Rob. <laughs> Rob's just been out for a cuppa. Uh, for context, I've been answering a phone call right, for the okay. last couple of minutes. I, was just, uh, I normally have a pie and a hot bottle <laughs> around this time for the games. <laughs> um, okay, we briefly want to quickly mention the big Women's Day yeah, coming yeah. up in March, uh, Tony. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Women's Day, it's uh, 6th of uh, March. It's at uh, the Bowl. Wednesday That's a Wednesday. Yep. It's a Wednesday evening. Um, it all starts very early because there's like um, under-14s uh, girls uh, under 12s girls and uh, younger age groups as well. Uh, it's all going to be nice and tight just to uh, see, you know, the the young players and the abilities that are out there. I know you're a big fan mm-hmm. of uh, of women's football because your daughter plays it. And then um, we're going to finish it off seven o'clock with uh, a senior game, which is, um, you know, left away in Lisi, his squad will put out uh, two teams to play each other and just show you uh, how good they are. And, Great. you know, we covered the game. Uh, last week, went, I was going to watch the game, yeah, last week, uh, yeah. the cup final. And it's just an initiative just to, um, A, help uh, women's football to uh, just show that uh, it's just as important uh, as the uh, men's game. It's just getting the numbers retained because, you know, that it's the same as... The women, as it is with the men, as soon as he hit that 16, 17 bracket, mm-hmm. uh, the numbers seem to drop off. So is it just aimed at a particular age group, this, or this is all, all age? All right age. So, across so let me put this to you then, stop. because someone, a female listening to this right now, might be saying, I fancy that, but I'm not going to buy a pair of football boots just to come down and try out on a, on a Wednesday night in March. Just come down. Don't you know? You don't, you don't even have to run around. Just come down and, and embrace and, 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 and experience what it's like women's football here on the island, yeah? Definitely, and, um, you know, the, the, the six clubs there that um, have got women's teams, mm-hmm. they'd be more than happy for anyone to uh, pitch up, and uh, we've already done it. There's a working group that was set up, and they, they did a couple of um, Wednesday nights, it was, where players were invited down to try it, to fancy playing, but, you know, hadn't had the, uh, the, the sort of guidance of mm-hmm. how to do it, and they came down, and uh, the island players came down, not to play against them or mm. embarrass them to just, just assist them mm-hmm. you know h- how to pass the ball and stuff and it went very well but the numbers sort of came down a little bit and it's just just highlighting uh, in the Alaman Football Association organisation how important 
women's football and girls' football is because you've got over 50, 150 girls at the moment, as far as I know, might mm. be more uh, in the uh, youth games, all to do with football. So mm. if we can get some of those through and try and boost the number of clubs up, yeah. that's what we're after. And don't worry about if you've never even played before because you don't know. You could be good. You know, that you don't have to think, oh, I've played or whatever. Just get down there on that. And again, we'll remind you nearer the time, of course. But um, yeah. I've always said as well, Dave, you know, you're involved in motorcycling. And there's a lot of people out there that like to do my motorcycle and it costs an absolute fortune. Yeah. I've always said, set of shinies and a pair of boots and you don't have to go with these fancy colours. You're up and running because mm. the kits are supplied by most clubs and you can just try it out and if it's not for you, you've given it a go. And there can be a great social life attached to it as well, etc, oh, etc. You know, it's brilliant. And, and I want to just quickly mention last week's uh, Floodlit Cup, the Candlelight Floodlit Cup final because what a great crowd there was down there. Yeah, you know, so, I, I mean, yeah. just compare it to an FC Isle of Man game. How, you know, we were not far off those numbers at the moment that FC Isle of Man are having. Yeah, there was a good uh, scotch good down there. A couple of hundred down there, I'd have said, easily. FC Isle of Man, yeah, you're up to 800, so there's quite okay. a difference. All right. But um, I think the Saturday night worked. Um, again, you know, we, we give it a go. We've done it before. We put it on and then the players win or lose. You can go and celebrate afterwards. Uh, so that was really good. We that was put- a great, actually, watching the players coming off. I mean, obviously, they know each other from representing the Isle of Man because they're the majority of the players there are in the Isle of Man team. But watching them coming off, hugging each other, and that was fantastic. Well, it is because it was a competitive game right the way through because mm. Peel took the lead and then Corinthians came through. And what a show by Millie Dawson. You 16. know, two super goals at 16 years of age. That outside of the right foot was something else. But, um, you know, that's all we can do is is keep, you know, pushing the women's game and uh, making sure that uh, the opportunities are there for them to uh, participate, which is what we do. And we can go from there. But, you know, that under-16s league will be so important. But people keep, you know, tapping at the door at the FA, asking them to uh, drop the age down to 15. They're not going to do it. No, okay. They're not going to do it. Happening. Senior men or women, it's not going to happen. So we've got to go it's with what we've got. I know. Um, and also just... Touching again briefly on that, the number of teenage women's footballers we have, you know, Emily Rawlins, Ruby Palmer, Aaron Snells, yeah, Aaron yeah. Snells, and and it's in a in in those terms, it's in a fantastic position. It we just need now as they go forward, we need more to come with them as well. Well, we do, and um, you know the the opportunities as well for the top uh, women's players at 16 years of age as soon as they hit when you look at Millie Dawson you know connected with Everton mm. and uh, when you look down at uh, you know Ella Dixon you look yeah. down at Tia Lisi who are Manchester United and ran uh, the opportunities are there for them and somewhere along the line one of them is going to make it big and uh, you've got Aaron Sells and you've got Stevie Mallon away now as well playing uh, yeah, it's Aaron, absolutely Aaron fantastic Aaron with Chester development you exactly. know she scored a couple of, you know um, and she's having to leave the island on a Thursday coming back on a Sunday you know so you're talking in terms of commitment it's fantastic yeah and it's important that those uh, doors are open uh, for them and you know the support hopefully is is there from the clubs the FA will try and support wherever they can um, but uh, yeah this uh, Women's Day on the 6th is uh, going to be something special and let's hope it gets well supported Okay, thanks, Tony. Uh, Somehow we managed to do almost 50 minutes of football, even though we only had three games today. Um, But now I'm going to hand you over to Rob Pritchard. Yes, taking a look at hockey. Well, we were due to have one game today, and that involved the Isle of Man Senior Ladies Hockey Squad. They were due to be playing in the last 16 of the England Hockey Championships, the Women's Tier 2 Knockout Competition away at Liverpool Sefton this lunchtime. We did get confirmation this afternoon, though, that that game was postponed. This is due to travel disruption affecting the Isle of Man squad heading over to Merseyside today. So that fixed 
fixture is to be rearranged for another date. And the reason that was the only game scheduled for this weekend is because this weekend marks the halfway point of the men's and ladies hockey season on the Isle of Man, meaning there is a break in fixtures. Nevertheless, here with a look at the leagues as we reach the halfway point of the season is our hockey correspondent Ben Cunningham. Let's just take a look, given it is the halfway point of the season, at the respective league tables across the Isle of Man leagues. We'll start with the top flight leagues. Vikings A men's and Vikings A women's currently dominating the men's Premier League and ladies Premier League respectively, both in the top spots. Uh, ben, these two Viking sides, how hard are they proving to beat? Can they be matched at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, both uh, the men's and ladies uh, Vikings A squads are unbeaten so far. I mean... Vikings ladies A had a scare last uh, weekend when they played Castown. Castown were leading right until the last moment and uh, Vikings then found an equaliser with the last touch of the game. As as for Vikings men's A, they are proven a force to that they are proven a force that just cannot be stopped at the minute and they're looking really strong, scoring plenty of goals and yeah, um teams are just struggling to find anything to stop them. Then let's take a look at the respective Division 1s. Uh, the Isle of Man men's Division 1, Valkyries B, currently topping the standings there. Um, just a couple of points clear of Ramsey and Vikings. And in Ladies Division 1, Vikings Ladies B top there as well at the moment. What do you make of how the Division 1s have gone so far? In men's Division 1, of course, Valkyries are looking really good again, unbeaten so far. Ramsey, though, are hot on their tails, as are Vikings men's B. But they these three are all former Premier League sides, so are desperately looking to get that promotion back to the Premier League. Ladies Division 1, Vikings Ladies A are looking really good. But then, of course, the likes of uh, Ramsey A, Valkyries B and Backers Ladies B, all former Premier League sides. But at the minute, they just cannot find anything to stop Vikings Ladies B. And then looking at the respective uh, men's and ladies Division 2s, it's uh, Backers Colts currently leading the way in men's Division 2 and in ladies Division 2. It's Castletown D leading the way only just from uh, Harlequins just behind them. And uh, both the, both these sides in the respective Division 2s, um, good starts for them, but they can't be complacent, can they? No, absolutely. And I mean, like you say, both sides are ahead, but only just, of course, Backers Colts and men's Division 2 are only ahead by a win. And then in ladies' division two, Castletown D are only ahead by a point. So there is still lots to play for in this second half of the uh, men's and ladies' season. And I believe I think it's worth noting as well, uh, not just the top of the tables, but at the bottom of well as well. There are some really key battles going on there across the divisions. Which ones stand out to you as the battles for survival at the moment? Would you say? Definitely in men's division one, we have definitely got a battle on there. Of course, Harlequins men's B were bottom last weekend before they played Castletown. B and they got and then Harlequins went and beat Castown B who were ahead by a point which has now put Harlequins B ahead and Castown B now bottom so a lot riding on that league and then again all the other leagues in uh, ladies division one ladies division two every league is looking really close at the bottom but every every league like we say there's still lots to go in this second half of the campaign and anything could happen
Well, that's our hockey correspondent, Ben Cunningham, there just taking a look at the men's and ladies' hockey seasons at the halfway point. No fixtures this weekend, but they will resume next weekend for the second half of the campaign. We're turning from hockey and now to boxing and a big night for two of the Isle of Man's professional fighters this evening over on Merseyside. Both Matthew Rennie and Jamie Devine will be out in their respective fights at Grand Central Hall in Liverpool this evening. Matthew Rennie taking on Colombian fighter John Henry Mosquera, while Jamie Devine in only his second professional outing after winning on his pro debut toward the end of 2023 taking on Engel Gomez on the same card this evening well Magic Rennie he's been speaking to Manx Radio this week about his final preparations and how they've been going and what challenge he expects against his opponent this evening all good obviously the preparation's gone good as it always does to be honest sparring the training the strength conditioning running everything's I never really cut corners anyway you can't cut corners in this sport and now I'm just up there Thursday with one one day out basically and then we're, and then we're ready to go it's just this week's all about basically relaxing and making the weight and um, the fight weeks it's kind of like tapering off basically you've done all the hard work and now it's just letting your body rest get the weight down and then get weighed in get energised again get refueled and and then do the business i'm one of them that is quite laid back quite chilled and i don't really properly need to switch on until i enter the the venue i like to just take a step back and 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 just there's no point burning energy and worrying about stuff that you can't control now you know it's the all the all the hard work's done as i said before and i believe myself as always and i'll go go and do the business on the night so i'm fighting a lad called john mascara he's from columbia he's he's an awkward customer someone that you have to be switched on through every second of the fight don't know an awful lot about him but I have watched a few of his fights he's actually boxed the same opponent we both beat a lad earlier last year I boxed a lad from Greece and then I beat him and we were both undefeated at the time and then he went on to to end, to fight this this lad who I'm fighting and he got beat by him as well and the Greek lad is, is a tough fighter he gave me a good fight so I know if John Mascara can beat the Greek lad, but he's no mug, he's no pushover for sure, for sure, if you know what I mean. So I have to be fully on it on Saturday night and I believe I, I will be and I, you know, and I'll get I'll get the win and, and then we can push on from there fully focused on the night to get the job done and I 100% believe I can do. Manx Radio Sport. And good luck to both of them fighting in Liverpool this evening. We're going to finish, though, with motorcycle racing. Daffer Bet announced earlier this week that Davy Todd will be riding for them in the Super Twin class at this year's Isle of Man TT. So, what else is in the pipeline for the team? Known to many as RCS Express Racing, Matt Stevenson will again contest the big bike categories aided by Chief Mechanic Danny Horn. Yesterday, I spoke with team co-owner Ben Constable. So far, so good. Yeah, we've um, we're actually in a second year of a, a two-year deal with Daffabet. So moving forward with them, as you've probably seen on the on the news, we've managed to secure David Todd for the Super Twin TT races. Looking to the other machines, not wanting to bow away from Matt after his crash last year. So we're sort of helping him again this year on the uh, thousand machinery. But yeah, looking forward to it. And you got Danny Horn on board as well. Uh, obviously, he's been here now 10 years and over now, so he's uh, the sole man on the bikes at the minute. But yeah, he's he's there with us. Josh stepped in on the twin at the TT last year. Was Josh not an option this year? He was an option. I think he wanted to go down a, a different avenue. I did have a brief conversation with him in Macau. However, we couldn't sit around for too long. Mm-hmm. Sat and had a, a conversation with Davey. Danny got hold of him. Uh, 
had a quick conversation and uh, and turned it around really quickly. Um, and because, of course, you had that fantastic podium finish with him last year, didn't you? Yeah, I think it sort of shows the measure of the, the team and the bike as well. You know, we, we've sort of used the twin as our specialist bike, if you like, mm-hmm. um, over the years. And that's where we've got our biggest success. Yeah, the likes of Ivan Linton, etc. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, anybody that jumps on it has had reasonably good success as well. So, you know, Dominic, he, he rode it at the Southern and got two wins and anybody so josh jumping on it never had any testing or anything first time on it was down bray hill at tt last year and uh finished i think fifth in the first race and then got a podium in the in the second race so is it just the roads that you guys concentrate on or do you do british championship as well uh, we like the roads more than anything else uh we've used the british championship just because you're taking a rider and scratching with the 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 country's, if not the world's best, in in something like Superstock. Uh, so, for, from uh, from our point of view, you probably don't get the best bike time, but you do fight with the best in the country. Uh, if you wanted bike time, we did a lot over the last few years in the National Endurance Championship with no limits. So, um, and come away with some really good results in that. We often enjoy watching your guys ride at the Southern Hundred. Will you be there this year? Uh, yeah, plan is yeah, definitely. We, we love the Southern. We are looking forward to getting back there. Whether we're taking Davy yet, I think still to be decided. But you know, we'd like to get back there with him and and, and take Matt there as a newcomer. Have you spoken to Davy about the Southern? Uh, I think the conversation has been had with Danny and Davy. Yeah, I don't. I, there's nothing set in stone at the minute. I think Davy's commitments to his Taz team and the BMW side of things are, are more prevalent than than us. So, see where we go. Um, anything else in the offing for Daffabet Racing this season? Uh, I don't know. We'd love to try and get back in, maybe go to the northwest. I, I, I'm not sure. Everything's been, you know, the, for me, Dave. This is a bit of a difficult part. Of this bit um, is knowing where we are going with it. So um, we've got plenty of uh, new sponsors on board. We've got potential of different bikes. You know, we we want to push this team forward and and the way we're going might not be this year but for sure definitely going into next year um hopefully raising a few eyebrows when will the first daffer bet bikes go out for testing pre-season etc what's the plan on that side of things uh so matt's going out tomorrow at cadwell i believe just for a little run out that's his first time back out on a bike since his accident last year um let's see what fitness is like there We'll then work around Davy's existing program with his testing uh, and make sure that he gets plenty of time on the Super Twin. Uh, we want to hit the ground running with that. Uh, so when he gets to the Isle of Man, there's uh, nothing been left. So in terms of Matt Stevenson, what will you be running for him this year? Uh, just on the ZX10s. Um, I'm not even sure at this stage whether we're actually going to be running the 600 at the Isle of Man at this, at this point. Um, but with the extra races, the extra Superstock race, the extra twin race, we've still got six races to worry about. Um, and we'll see what happens with the 600 another time. And in terms of big bike, will it be a super bike or are you looking at Superstock? It, it will be a Superstock bike. I mean, these bikes, you know, are capable of... Well, lap records, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, they are, exactly. Um, so until we sort of push the boundaries of, of what we've got, then, you know, we're happy to put packages together where we can. It all comes down to money and budgets at the end of the day. 
Duff about racing's Ben Constable there looking ahead to the new season. It'd be great to see Davey Todd on that super twin at the Southern 100 if they can get that together. That's it from myself. Uh, my thanks to Tony Meppham, Rob Pritchard and Dave Christian for their contributions to the sport this evening. Hope you enjoyed the show. All being well. Um, Rob will be back in the chair next week. Uh, no, who's doing Saturday sport? Uh, Rob's Pritchard doing Saturday sport next weekend. So uh, And don't forget, of course, that massive game between Peel and Air United. And I think Tony probably be covering that one i would imagine he will be as well so anyway it's coming up to six o'clock we're going to hand you back to our fm um broadcast in a moment but once again thank you and good night manx radio sport